0: Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is sorta awesome. Hello and welcome back Awesome's. You are listening to the show that's all about helping you be smart, strong and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta of Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta of Awesome Hangout group. You guys, I am so excited about this episode because this week we are getting into some advanced level Enneagram talk. I am joined today not only by Beth McCord, who's coming back to Sorta Awesome for the second time here, and she has her husband, Jeff, with us this week as well. We are going to be talking about the Enneagram and how it applies to those long-term close and intimate relationships like marriage. How does this actually apply once we start to learn about ourselves How does it affect our relationships? We're going to dig deep into all of that in just a few minutes. But before we get started, I do have to give a shout out to our awesomes in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group. As a reminder, this little group started as a few hundred people back in 2015. It has now grown to over 5,000 women who are committed to being supportive and helpful and kind and encouraging in our online community. We definitely do discuss topics from our recent episodes of Sorta Awesome, but we also do a lot of just regular girlfriend chat there. Things like brainstorming snack ideas for your kid's soccer team and recommending Netflix binges to each other. We talk about parenting and marriage and just general life hacks. And it's honestly an amazing place to be. We want each of you awesomes to know that we would love to have you join us over there. It's so easy to do. All you have to do is search for Sort of Awesome Hangout on Facebook, or you can look us up directly by going to facebook.com groups slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. Okay, like I said at the top of the show, I'm joined today by Beth and Jeff McCord. Now, again, Beth has been on the show before, and you all also know her as an Enneagram speaker and a coach and a teacher. She is passionate about coming alongside people and helping them to see that lasting change and meaningful relationships, a life with deep purpose is possible. And that is at the heart of her teaching on the Enneagram. Beth and Jeff live outside of Nashville. They have been married for 23 years. Is that right, you guys? 24. 24 now. Wow. wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> You all may remember that Beth is a Type 9, like I am, and Jeff, you're a Type 6, is that right? That's
1: correct, living it up, the exemplary Type (laughs) 6.
0: Perfect, I love it, I love it. So, Beth, before we get into talking about our Awesomes of the Week, I have to tell you, listen, from a Type 9 to a Type 9, I am so in awe of all that you have going on right now. You are like really summoning a lot of energy to do all of the things that you have in helping to engage people through your books, retreats that you guys are doing and of course your very very helpful and dynamic Instagram presence where is all of this energy coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Sometimes I even ask that myself. No, but I think <laughs> back in
2: 2015, so gosh, almost 4 years ago, the Lord just really like woke me up. It was like getting hit by a two by four in the face because, well, yeah, I mean, like it was that like powerful because as a nine, we're typically asleep to ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I got overlooked pretty bad one time regarding the Enneagram and someone who could have really elevated my presence or done something for me, overlooked me. And of course it wasn't their intention, but As a nine, it's like one of our core fears and one of our biggest pains. Mm -hmm. And when it happened, I was just totally ignited inside. And I left the house. It was on Instagram. I left the house and my husband could feel my energy surging as I left. And I got in the car and drove for about 15 minutes and literally just screaming. And if anyone knows a nine, that's just not typical. So we will like explode every once in a blue moon. (laughs) <laughs> and I knew I had to let this out because it was so painful. But on the way home, what was really intriguing was I just really felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, why are you so angry? And I was seriously like, really? Do you really need me to tell you why I'm so hurt? And so he was just quiet and gentle. And then I just felt like him saying again, no, really, why are you so angry? And it was as clear as day my own self said, it's because I overlook myself.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That gave me chills. I mean, as a nine, I'm like, I am right there with you. I totally get it.
2: And it literally was by God's grace. I mean, that's why I say it was like a two by four across the face because it was such a wakening experience that it's me that I overlook myself, my own presence, my own worth and value. And if I don't see how God created me and the value that I can bring, not because of myself, but because of Him in and through me, it's only going to perpetuate and continue. So what we permit, we promote. And I was permitting that people overlook me or not think so, you know, like, oh, she's got something to offer because I wasn't getting out there. I wasn't showing others what I have. Not again for my own self-promotion, because nines, we just don't do that. Right, right, right. I wasn't showing others what I have for their blessing. I was hoarding the things that I have. Instead of blessing others. And it was my wake up call. And ever since then, I've just had this burning passion inside of me to see others be blessed with the gifts that God has given me. And so I what I tell people is nines are a lot like elephants. Either we're Mm -hmm. in this community, laying around in the mud pits, enjoying ourselves. Or we are stampeding and you better get it out of the way. It's kind of one or the other. Yes. <laughs> and I just feel this intense urge to bless, protect, and give to others from what God has already given me. And so I just feel this energy inside to keep going and the awareness that though I need good self-care and rest like anyone else, I also have to be very mindful of the nine slothfulness. And allowing too much of that, which feels really great, to slip back into the part of inertia that's not helpful. So there is that fine balance. But I know this is also a season of life where people are really wanting the information that I have. And so I'm just really plowing forward and enjoying it. But I do know that there will be a season where some of the stuff will probably calm down, like I've gotten a lot of material out there. I think that. Maybe it won't. But I really just feel like now is the time to be fully engaged. Plus, my kids are older. So I have that, (laughs) you know, as a blessing as well. So, yeah, I am internally, people can think of myself as an elephant and I'm charging forward. So here we go.
0: (sighs) I love it. That's such a great picture of us nines that once we tap into something, then we are just barreling ahead with it for Mm -hmm. sure. So thank you for sharing that. That really is so helpful to hear. Okay. Well, let's go ahead. We have so much Enneagram talk to get to, and that got me all fired up. I can't wait to dig into some of these questions that the awesomes have shared for Jeff and Beth to tackle as we talk about Enneagram and marriage and in relationship. Before we get to all of that, though, we got to do our awesomes of the week. This is the segment where we start the show by talking about whatever is awesome in life right now. So whether it's movies or music, books, TV, podcasts, products, whatever it is that's making Life a little bit more awesome right now. And Jeff, you were just telling me off mic that you guys kind of have a joint awesome of the week that involves your brand new book that's about to launch. I was going to see if you could say a little bit more about that.
1: That's right. We are thrilled and grateful for all of the energy around this particular book. It's been the overflow of our heart and our own experience as a couple and using the Enneagram regularly since around 2005. For a marriage. And so now that we're a month out from our published date, October 1st, we're starting to see pre orders on Amazon. And to our shock and awe, we hit the number one new release in two different categories. But then we were number three behind Tim Keller's The Meaning of Marriage and Chapman's Five Love Languages, wow. which, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's just crazy.
0: Oh, that's so <laughs> fun. That's so great. Well, congratulations. I mean, I think that that definitely speaks to the fact that, as Beth was alluding to, we're in a moment in our culture where people are really craving hearing, you know, this knowledge and guidance that you guys have, and especially how it does apply to marriage. I mean, the meaning of marriage and five love languages, for those of you who maybe aren't in the realm of Christian teaching and writing, those are some pretty high standards to get to and to be able to be (laughs) like, yes, we're right up there with them. That is really impressive. So congratulations, you guys. Thanks. Yeah, we're thrilled. We can't wait for people to have the book as a really a reference guide, one
2: for their own marriage, but also the back of the book is this really awesome, colorful resource section about all nine types and Literally, it will help any relationship, whether your friendships, your coworkers, you name it, any type that you're wanting to know how do
0: I relate to them better? That resource section is gold. Fantastic. Oh, I cannot wait to dig into it. It's going to be so good. Well, thank you all for sharing that awesome. I mean, truly, that's definitely one for the like Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, <is> for sure. <laughs> right. I will tell you about my awesome of the week really quickly. Mine is a new app that was actually recommended to me by someone in our community. Allie talked about this as her awesome of the week in our hangout group last week. And it's an app called Wobot. Either of you heard of this? It's spelled W-O-E-B-O-T. No,
1: huh? No, Okay. I've not heard of that one.
0: Well, I had not heard of it either, and it actually kind of relates to what we're talking about today because it is a self-help, almost kind of like a self-therapy app. Now, there are definitely apps that are out there, Talkspace, BetterHelp, those apps that connect you to actual real therapists and counselors. This is not that. This is an app that teaches you how you can learn for yourself Some of the techniques and tools that you might learn in a therapy or counseling environment that you can just kind of incorporate to kind of give yourself a little bit of a check in with where you are with your mental health, well-being and those types of things. So, again, it's called Wobot. So you're interacting with a bot, (laughs) with a non-human presence in this app, (laughs) which is kind of weird at first. In the beginning, it is a little bit cheesy, I feel like. But once you get into it, what it does is daily gives you a little mini lesson. Really, a lot of them are focused on cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's helping you to think about how you think. So helping you to practice gratitude, helping you to realize that how you talk about yourself and your work and your day, all of these things matter. And it's just a little interaction. It takes literally less than five minutes a day, but it builds upon itself as you really begin to kind of fill your toolbox up with some things that are helpful for, well, like I said, a little bit of self-therapy. And it has been very helpful to me. I mean, five minutes with five kids, a newborn up to a, a freshman in high school. Five wow. minutes is a luxury sure. of the day. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So this has been really good. And it really is just a moment to kind of check in and think about how I'm thinking about the day. So, again, the app is called Wobot. It's free on the App Store. I really recommend it, especially not if you're in a place where you're like in a crisis moment where you need real, actual face-to-face, in-person therapy, that's one thing. But if you're kind of in a good place and you just want to make sure you've got some good mental health hygiene going on, then I think Wobot is a really good one to check out. That sounds awesome, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I picked it up from our awesome community. Every single Friday, we open up the floor in our sort of awesome hangout group for people to share their awesomes of the week. Many times I have found awesome things to incorporate into my life in that awesome of the week thread. Again, like I said at the top of the show, if you haven't joined us over there, we would love to have you join us at facebook.com slash group slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. We also do this because we know some people are allergic to Facebook, and that's totally fine, too. <laughs> so over on Instagram every Friday, we also invite you to come and share your awesome of the week with us over there. And you can find us on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show. All right, awesomes, you know, as we are getting our kids all settled back into school, it is so important that they have the tools they need to make this the best school year yet. That's why we're giving one of our kiddos the Mathnasium Advantage, and I highly recommend this for your kids too. Mathnasium makes learning about math fun and most importantly it helps kids build confidence and critical thinking skills so that they can thrive in the classroom and in everything they do. Our daughter AJ is loving Mathnasium. It's really helping her to get back into the swing of things at school after a long summer. It's such a fun low-pressure environment for her to go and learn about math in a way that's totally different from anything she's experienced in a classroom. Mathnasium is the authority on math education for grades two through 12. They use customized learning plans and their expert instructors teach each child face-to-face, explaining math in a way that makes sense to them. So whether your child is advanced or if they need a little help to catch up, Mathnasium is a perfect fit and they can even get help with their homework. Mathnasium has over 1,000 franchise locations worldwide, so chances are there is one in your neighborhood. It's so easy easy to fit into your schedule you guys no appointments are needed so awesomes we want you to start this school year off right so go ahead and schedule an assessment with mathnasium today it's totally risk-free we have a special url and a phone number just for the awesomes go to mathnasium.com slash awesome today or call 855-401-MATH that's mathnasium.com slash awesome or call 855-401-MATH All right, Beth and Jeff, I know that you all probably through the process of working on this book together and getting ready to launch it out into the world. I know that you have been tackling lots of questions and issues and topics that relate to the Enneagram in relationships. So we have a few for you today. I know you've had marriage on the mind. I'm just curious. This was not one of the questions I was going to ask, but I am so curious. Writing a book together as spouses What has that brought into your personal marriage? Has it been kind of a therapeutic thing? Just tell me a little bit about what that's been like. I would say it was really very beneficial. I mean,
2: of course, there's lots of stressors that come up, but it solidified a lot of what we've already used throughout our marriage. Because, you know, when you're writing a book, you can't just say it in the first draft format, right? So you have to kind of solidify it down. So you have to become more precise with what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so I think that process was really fun. But I will say definitely gave us ample opportunities to use what we were writing. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Yes. So the same techniques and the strategies that we're putting in there were really available to us. So that was also fun and hard all at the same time. But it was also good just to see that it works you know, in our own marriage, because we're very authentic people. We are like, hey, if we're going to put something in a book, it's something that we've utilized. It's, It's what we do on a daily basis. So yeah, actually, but Jeff and I, ever since I mean, we got married, when we were 20. And we've just been best friends. So though it has its own ups and downs and hurdles, we've kind of been doing life together this whole time anyway, whether I was kind of helping his career path, or he's now helping me with mine. So we've just kind of had this tag team Mentality. And so we just kind of used that also when we were writing the book.
1: So, for the past 20 plus years, I've been serving in executive pastor type functions. And so, with my own story and my own work and therapy and groups, different things like that, we've gained a lot of various skills along the way that we typically used when we were working with couples. So, how this all began was around. 2008, when we started publicly talking about the Enneagram, couples would come over to our home and sit at our dining room table. Beth would share about the Enneagram, and then I would apply the scriptures and the gospel to whatever their situation might be. Now, for your Enneagram coach, Beth has been the face of it, and that's been intentional because for so many years, she kind of hid behind me or alongside me, and we just made the decision that we wanted this to be her work, and I would support her in that work as much as I can. And so the book really was the fruit of a lot of conversations with couples with us doing it together. So it was a very natural overflow. And, you know, if I could say anything to husbands out there, you know, be commitment to make your wife shine. And I've just found supporting Beth and her calling supporting her and her gifting, making sure that she has the time and the resources necessary to live out her calling has been significant contribution to our marriage.
0: I really love that. And my husband has really done the same thing for me, Jeff, that you've done for Beth in the sense of recognizing my propensity to hide and not want to be you know, the public face of anything and really has you know, quietly behind the scenes been constantly encouraging me and kind of giving me reality checks of when I am trying to disappear. (laughs) What type is your husband? He's a five. Okay. So yeah, he stays really tuned into that for sure. I don't even think we've said the name of the book yet, you guys, just to be clear. And of course, we will absolutely have links to the book in the show notes for this episode. But the book is called Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram to Create a Thriving Gospel-Centered Marriage. And again, it's co-authored by both Beth and Jeff. So we'll have all that information about where all the places you can find it as it is getting ready to be born into the world. So this is such an exciting time. Let's go ahead. We have from our community, we do have some questions that are about the Enneagram in marriage and in relationships. So Beth, I want to direct this first one kind of towards you. And then Jeff, you feel free to jump in and follow up. But Nikki, one of our awesomes said, I feel like so many couples have numbers that are next to each other on the Enneagram. She's wondering, is that a thing? Do neighboring numbers tend to be drawn to each other? Or is she just like, is that just maybe a coincidence that she's noticed? So Beth, you've been doing Enneagram work for so long. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably,
2: I mean, I'm not saying that it's not, you know, common. I'm sure it's common. But I wouldn't say I've noticed, like, oh my gosh, that's more of a trend than not. Yeah. So, you know, whether a person is connected to their spouse through like the two numbers on either side of their main type, which we call the wings, or as if people look at the symbol, there are lines from each of our types to two other types. So, like, I'm a type nine, Jeff is a type six, and we have a line that connects to each other. So, that's another common way that we'll see couples come together because there's some commonalities there and if you have a wing so like this person's describing the number next to them there's going to be some commonalities but that doesn't necessarily always make it easier in some ways it can and then in some ways it's not but like you were saying you're a nine and your husband is a five and there is no lines connected to that. There's (laughs) no
0: connection. Yes.
2: I mean, there is connection. Yes, of course. There's so many layers to the Enneagram that no one would have time on this podcast to go through. Right. But the two of you are actually in a stance where you withdraw. And so there is commonalities there. So what I would say is that even if there's not lines connected to you and your spouse, or your spouse is directly next to you, there are going to be some commonalities between the two of you. But One thing that we've really recognized, and I love how Jeff has put this to others, is that when we were dating, there are things about our spouse that really intrigued us. We saw qualities in them that would help us become our best selves. So we would be drawn to them and intrigued by them. But usually somewhere after the honeymoon, we start getting annoyed with those qualities. (laughs) And it's like, please stop doing that. But it's still the same qualities that we probably need to grow in. And so I would just say, kind of look for those things. And what drew you to your spouse? What was God using in them to help you become your best self? And where did that turn and become annoying? And how can
0: God start to use that again? Yeah, it's interesting in talking about nines and fives, And, you know, it's kind of like it's that age old thing of like if you're shopping for a red car, then suddenly you see red cars everywhere. (laughs) Yes. Being a nine married to a five. I feel like that's a really common pairing, but it may just be because I'm really tuned into nines and fives together. But it's interesting with both of us being withdrawing types, certainly that can really flare up when we're experiencing some unhealthiness because we both want to just withdraw. (laughs) Mm Yeah. Yeah. And that's difficult. one of us has to like take the initiative to really you know show up and let's work through this. But in some ways, in just day to day life is kind of nice. Something that we've noticed is we both like to have a lot of space. We both work from home, but we're not you know up in each other's business all the time. We like to kind of have our own independence and have our space, and mm-hmm. for different reasons, fives may be more so because they just value space and time and privacy nines, we like to just make sure, you know, (laughs) want everything to be peaceful. And if nobody's in our space, then we just feel peaceful. (laughs) Amen. Yes, I think that is a great example, though, of the fact that we're not obviously aren't wings to each other, because we're not on the either side of our type. And then we don't have any arrows or anything like that. But with us both being in that withdrawing stance, there are definitely things that come out. And I think any pairing, again, whether it's in marriage, long term relationship, friendship, you can look at your numbers and kind of identify. They may not be exactly alike, but of course, as humans, we all have these sort of universal traits. Mm -hmm. And so we can see how they collaborate and sometimes they collide (laughs) and kind of figure out, you know, dig a little bit deeper into what the dynamic is there. So absolutely. Pretty interesting stuff. All right, Jeff, I'm going to direct this next question to you. This is from our awesome Caitlin. And she says, I'm super into the Enneagram, but my husband could not care less. She says, I've typed him. And she said, I know it's a no-no, but she says she's typed him. She thinks it's pretty clear and it's helped her to understand some stuff about him. But she's wondering, how can I reap the benefits of the Enneagram in my marriage when my husband is not interested? So Jeff, what would you have to say for Caitlin and Any of the other awesomes who may be experiencing the same thing, they're like really into the Enneagram and they want to talk about it and hash through it and all of this stuff. But a person that they're really, you know, in marriage or relationship with just is like, "Ugh, I don't even want to talk about this.
1: Yeah, Caitlin's not alone. Matter of fact, even for Beth and I, when we first learned about the Enneagram in 2000, I was doing seminary full time and also leading a campus ministry full time. So it was a really busy time. And we were reading a lot of other books as well, but Beth really latched on to the Enneagram then. And I skimmed it and appreciated it, but it wasn't part of the work that I was doing at the time. So we moved on and it probably wasn't for five more years before I started to pick it up as much as Beth. And even today, she takes a lot more interest into the Enneagram, whereas I typically bring a lot of my pastoral counseling and mediation principles to the Enneagram work. And so there are going to be times where things are different. And I understand it. It's a dynamic that we all face. But I will say a couple of things. Number one, we are mindful of this. And you'll start to see more resources where I'll be specifically speaking to husbands about the Enneagram. Because once we have found that when men come to our live events, or if they've seen pre-release copies of our book, They start to come alive to how significant this is because men are missing out on the opportunity to connect with their spouse in a significant way, in a way that they've always longed to, but don't necessarily have the skill to be able to do so. And so number one, I just encourage spouses, whether it's a husband or wife who's interested in the Enneagram and their spouse is not, is do your own personal work because it becomes an opportunity for your spouse to respond when they start to see some of the new insights and dynamics and how your spouse is able to transcend your normal relational dance because of the Enneagram and then they become attracted to it. So one, do your own work. Number two, I think slowly exposing them to the Enneagram without criticism and sometimes the tendency to type a spouse, you're only reinforcing that they don't want to be put in a box So you're speaking in terms of stereotypes, and that only makes things worse. But if allow the work to be done in your own life, and it becomes an invitation for them to join you in that work.
0: I love that. I have to say that my background and interest in personality started over a decade ago with Myers-Briggs, and so... When I got really into it, you know, anybody who's really enthusiastic about something is going to talk and talk and talk about it. And that was my husband's strongest and first resistance to it is that he did not want to be put in a box. He did not want to Mm -hmm. be lumped in with all of these other people and to feel like I have him figured out because I know some things that broadly speak to people with his personality type. So he was really reluctant and really resistant for a long time. And then just over time, Jeff, just like you were saying, as I continue to understand myself better and better through personality systems, not only Myers-Briggs, but Enneagram and others, he did kind of slowly warm up to it as he saw that I wasn't putting my own self in a box. And that it was really igniting some good, positive growth for me. I think it did kind of make a pathway for him yeah. to be like, OK, maybe this might not be so bad. <laughs> so that can make a big difference, I really think. All right. Let's go next to this question from our awesome Jody, And I'm super curious to hear you guys' thoughts on this too. This is such a great question. She said, is it possible? Could I start to act like my husband's number? She says, I know I'm a two based on motivations, but feel like a seven because I often want to adventure and be the life of the party. And so she's a two married to a seven and finds herself kind of showing up more like a seven than a two in some situations. I would love to hear from both of you. Beth, let's start with you. And then we'll toss it to Jeff and hear some good follow up thoughts on that about starting to act like each other. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely.
2: I think we do that just, you know, as humans as a whole. I know, like, (laughs) and different types will do it more than others. I know when Jeff's dad comes in town, he's from Texas, and he has a very deep (laughs) Texas accent. Uh It's like, within 30 minutes, I'm already talking like him almost. I mean, <laughs> it's like, where does this come from? But we do pick up mannerisms, thoughts, strategies, interests that are similar to the people that we're in contact with, or especially that we have strong relationships with. But at the same time, knowing the Enneagram and these two types, there are some similarities just in these two areas that will just make it easier for her to switch into that kind of seven-ish role, Meaning, Both the twos and the sevens are in the optimistic triad, and they both want everything to be spun as positive and happy. They're both connecting types, so they love to connect with people. And if the two sees that her husband brings certain attributes to a group that elevates, helps others, why not join and do a similar thing? So it's not that the type two is not being authentic and real, they're seeing that there are certain ways of being that can help bring about good in the way that they long to. And so they're, in a sense, kind of morphing or changing slightly, at the same time honing in on gifts they already
0: have. So it's kind of a both-and. That totally makes sense. And like you pointed out, sometimes there are going to be those underlying connections, like being in the same triad, that's going to make a difference in those specific ways. But yeah, there's going to be some of that just universal. We kind of tend to adapt to one another over time. So Jeff, what would you say and follow up to that?
1: Yeah, you know one of the unique aspects of the Enneagram is that it doesn't focus on behavior; it focuses on motive. And so Beth and I sometimes we call it walking the wheel, where we'll take some dynamic, some relational behavior, whatever. Let's say perfectionism, and we'll walk the wheel on how each type how perfectionism shows up, and why. And so a two, recognizing that there's kind of seven-ish type things that are happening inside, well, the reality is, is that two with a three wing is going to look more open, life of the party, there'll be more of the hostess or the host versus the servant, which is the two with the one wing. And so the reality is, is that I think that's just how it's expressing. It's not necessarily becoming seven-like. It's more of an attribute of how you relate to other people in groups according to your number.
0: So fascinating. I'm sure every single person who's listening who knows their own type and possibly their partners is thinking, hmm, I wonder what they would say about this. You know, <laughs> Why do <laughs> we do right. this?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've done it with, you know, why each type wants a clean home. And it's very easy just to kind of walk around Ooh. with each of the types. It's not that one type doesn't want to clean home versus another. It's how that serves their core motivations. How is it being expressed through that particular behavior?
0: So good. So good. All right. Colleen's question is next. Awesome. Colleen has this question and I think this is such an important question. That again, I'm so looking forward to hearing the wisdom that you all have on this. Jeff, I'm going to toss this one to you first, and then we'll hear what Beth has to share on it as well. But Colleen asks, what are the best things that we can do to help pull our partners out of a slump when we see the red flags of their number in decline of health? So again, one of the fundamentals of the Enneagram is that there are ways that each number moves in ways that are healthy and has healthy behaviors there are ways we express ourselves with average things, and then we can move into unhealthiness. And so Colleen's wondering, you know, if we know what our partner's type is, it's been a point of discussion, whatever, we see them moving into some of those unhealthy mindsets that each type tends to slide into. What can we do to kind of help pull them up or bring them up or even maybe even to just address it with them?
1: Yeah, that's really good. There are a few things to speak to that kind of dynamic, I think number one is a message of assurance. And that is that God loves our spouse more than we do. Matter of fact, in Philippians one, it says he's able to complete the good work that he began. And so changing our spouse is God's responsibility, it's not ours. And he's not anxious about where, he's not disappointed about what your spouse may or may not be experiencing at any given moment. And so I think there's an assurance there to realize God's not departed, (laughs) but rather he's actively a part of your marriage. And I think secondly, that assurance then helps us according to our Enneagram types. And so one thing that we have to realize is that each of us, when we see other people suffering or struggling, we are inclined to certain behaviors because of our own core motivations. And so it becomes an opportunity For us to be mindful of what's happening in our own heart. Are we comfortable with the reality that in order to grow, things must die? That we kind of have to die to certain desires in order to come alive to something new. And this may be a part of your spouse's journey, your spouse's work that they need to work out. And we need to become more comfortable with it and not feel like we need to over relate or take more responsibility to fix them. And then I think thirdly, you know, Paul says it in Romans that it's the Lord's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so Beth and I use the word kindness a lot. So I can be present with Beth and create a safe place for her to share what's actually happening in her heart, to be able to say, hey, I'm not going to be healthy in this moment. And here's what's going on so that she can say it knowing that she may not be able to change or pivot in the moment. But I can always offer my spouse kindness. And I think the last real practical principle in it is from the marriage researcher, John Gottman. He said what differentiates masters at marriage versus disasters is affirmation versus criticism at the ratio of five to one. That one of the things in Becoming Us that we try to create is There's a section in the second part of the book about how to affirm your spouse and learning how to encourage your spouse rather than criticize, provide suggestions, try to fix, try to caretake, all of those different activities versus just being able to speak into their life affirmation that they may or may not believe themselves and may or may not receive but there's some helpful sections there on what it looks like to encourage someone to affirm someone according to their type.
0: That is incredibly helpful and really practical application as well. Beth, as I was listening to Jeff talk, I was thinking about as a nine, when I see my husband moving into unhealth, I went I definitely do feel that motivation to fix him because if he's not healthy, then I feel unhealthy. (laughs) I'm wondering if you relate to that at all as a nine too.
2: Absolutely. I think that was one of my biggest stumbling blocks. And I mean, it still is, but I'm much more aware of it now. But yeah, if Jeff was struggling at work or in ministry or whatever category it was, whatever he was feeling, I was also feeling. Now it's a little different than like a type two feels other people's feelings. For me as a nine, I'm feeling his energy, I feel like it's my responsibility to make sure everyone's happy. And if he's not happy, then what do I need to do to make him happy? And that's part of keeping my internal and external world harmonious and peaceful. And so trying to fix was trying to bring peace, you know, for me. And of course, I thought for him, but he doesn't need what I think he needs and what I think I need. And so... Yeah, it was really hard as a nine to learn to allow people to experience their own life and not always trying to fix. And now it looks different. A nine's way of fixing is different than all the other types. But, you know, just recognizing I can come alongside and support, ask clarifying questions. But at the same time, ultimately, it's not mine to completely own that it's between him and the Lord. And if he would like my help, then he needs to ask for it instead of me trying to make everything peaceful and harmonious. But one thing I would say is when people do buy Becoming Us and look at the back of the book, what they're going to find is helpful resources in recognizing when your spouse is struggling. And there's a lot of different ways to notice this, but also ways to encourage them, like Jeff was saying. And I think what's going to be really important is, for instance, when a type 9 myself goes under stress, I can not only... Kind of slip into some unhealthy strategies of my nine type, but I'm also going to move into the direction of type six, where I'm going to take on some of the average, the unhealthy attributes of a six. And so this peaceful, easygoing person all of a sudden can become irritable and testy and defensive. And my mind's racing with all the things that could happen. And I look very different than I naturally would. Instead of Jeff taking that personally, like, what are you doing? Why are you acting like that? Now he's like, oh, That's a rumble strip. I can see clearly that my wife is struggling and I don't need to take it personally, even though it's hard not to. How can I come alongside her, like he was saying, and show kindness to be there, to support, to encourage? And each personality type would like people to approach them differently and for different reasons. So that's why sometimes when you're trying to offer love and care the way that you would like it, it doesn't land on your spouse quite the way that you thought it would. Whereas if you can learn how they want to receive certain things and care and to change how you give care in the way that lands on them, right, you'll see things really change and really open up and blossom, but it takes time. And so to be patient, to be kind, to be curious is going to be really
0: helpful. That is so helpful. Yeah.
1: It reminds me, Beth, one of the principles that we learned early on regarding parenting comes from attachment theory, which is about children's development of their brain in relation to caregivers. And there were three statements that we tried to reinforce with our children and that I think has proven to be true in our marriage as well. Number one is, I see you. I see you're hurting. I see you're struggling. Number two, I hear you. I hear your pain. I hear your voice. I'm here to listen. And number three, I'm available to help. But that's different than I'm going to help you. It's more I'm available to you whenever you're ready for help. And that attunes to people and gives them the opportunity and safe place to be able to, when Beth is like acting like a six, I joke around with her and say like, you can't handle being a six. And like, you need to get out of my neighborhood. (laughs) But so there's a little bit of levity and laughter because we now have safety around it. But it still says, I see you, I hear you, and I'm available to help if you need me.
0: It's so good. And really, truly, like you said, you learned in the context of parenting, but that can apply in so many intimate relationships. And by that, I mean, just like your day-to-day closest relationships, whatever those may be, those three principles of just acknowledging what's going on. And also allowing the other person to feel empowered when they're ready That's to, right. you know, talk about and share, do they need help? And what could that help look like instead of somebody just coming in and doing it for them? So great. Attention Awesomes, it is time for you to rethink your sync. That's because small changes really do add up. There are a few simple swaps you can make in your home to say goodbye to single-use plastic with sustainable swaps from Grove. By now, you know how much we love Grove Collaborative. It's the online marketplace that delivers all-natural home beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Now, listen, I can be a little resistant to change and a little overwhelmed by, but I had no idea a simple change like treating out our traditional conventional dish scrubbers to Grove Collaborative's walnut scouring pads could be so easy. So those scouring pads were in my most recent Grove delivery, along with the Honeycrisp Apple Dish Soap from Method and the Mrs. Meyers Multi-Service Cleaner in the Mum Scent You guys, my kitchen smells like a fall festival, and it feels so great to be making all of these little changes for a healthier home. Now, what you may not know is that Grove is also the first place to visit to reduce your dependence on single-use plastics. Grove's sustainable swap set has everything you need to get started. A bamboo straw set, reusable sandwich and snack bags, a reusable glass hand soap dispenser, and one of those walnut scrubber sponges that I love. And for a limited time, you awesome can get all of this for free with your first purchase. Every Grove product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. So join me and thousands of others who are helping the environment with Grove's sustainable swaps now and for a limited time you awesomes who go to grove.co slash awesome get the grove sustainable swap set free with purchase plus you'll get free shipping and a free 60-day vip trial go to grove.co slash awesome for this exclusive offer grove.co slash awesome Awesomes, as you might know, Rothy's has quickly grown to be a most loved, gotta-have them brand. It's no surprise they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. They are making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles that are crazy comfortable and fully machine washable. They're stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable—all of that in one pair of shoes. They're the perfect flats for your life on the go. I mean, truly, it will blow your mind that they're made from repurposed plastic water bottles, and they're so cute. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. They're actually ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. There is no break-in period with these shoes, and plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges no risk no worries and no reason not to try them the leopard print loafers i got from rothys are some of my very favorite shoes and it's so easy to understand why buzzfeed and so many other people call rothys their forever shoes so awesomes go check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com awesome go to rothys.com that's r-o-t-h-y-s.com awesome to get your new favorite flats Comfort, style, sustainability, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash awesome today. All right, last question. And Beth, I want to start with you with your answer on this. This, interestingly, is from an awesome name, Kathleen, who is a nine, who is married to a six, so a marriage, you know, similar to you all. Mm-hmm. wondering, how do we speak to and communicate with the deeper fears of our spouses? So one thing that the Enneagram certainly does a fantastic job of acknowledging is each type's basic fear, because we all have these motivations. And sometimes those motivations, you know, it's kind of closely aligned with what our basic fear is. So if we do know What that fear of our spouse is, and hopefully we've already done the work to realize what is our basic fear, and you know how that shows up in our life. But if we do recognize what their basic fear is, how can we speak to that? How can we be present with them in that?
2: Yeah, that's so good. Well, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is recognizing that each of the enneagram types are looking through a different set of lenses. So think about each of the nine types having their own. Sunglasses on with a different shade of color. So let's say I'm looking through purple shades and Jeff's looking through orange and I'm looking at a white wall and I'm like, Jeff, it's purple. And he's like, no, it's orange. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, how can you not see this? You know, we literally are seeing the world from different perspectives and they're valid perspectives. And so what we want to do is try our best to take off our lens in the moment and to put on their lens. Now that's through studying and observing. But the biggest thing is talking about it with your spouse when you're both not activated. So let's say you're sitting down reading books or you're just having a casual conversation. You're maybe out on a date somewhere where you're not activated inside and you're curious. You want to learn about one another. So with Jeff being a type six, the loyal guardian, his core fear is to be without support, guidance, security, to be blamed, targeted, to be abandoned. and so. Why that's so important for me to know is because as a type nine, I'm a withdrawn type. And so when we're in an argument and nines hate conflict or tension of any kind, I feel the need to leave the situation or shut down (laughs) if I have to stay in the situation. And that only communicates to him his greatest fear that I would abandon him. Now, one time we have this story and you can read it in the book, but Basically, we were in an argument and I was withdrawing. He was pursuing. It came to him what his greatest fear was. And he realized that at every fight, he was concerned that this was the beginning of the end. And so he simply asked me that question, are you going to leave me? And I was like, no, silly, I'm not (laughs) going to leave you. And I actually used a different word than silly. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) But that was so unlike my character to speak that strongly and that kind of like assertively. But it hit me like, no, that's not at all where I'm coming from. I'm a very committed person. I love you. is not what's going on. And what he realized is he was bringing his fear into our relationship when it wasn't even there. And so that was the beginning of us being curious about what our fears are, and how we're seeing situations based off of that, and how can we lovingly speak to them in the moment. So a lot of conversations, like I said, not in the moments, of how do we talk to one another. So basically what I learned is when we're in an argument or a discussion that I feel there's tension and I'm uncomfortable, I might need to remove myself because I'm afraid I'm going to somehow internally combust or blow up That's what it feels like for a nine. And so what I do now that's different is, hey, I know we need to talk through this. This is important, but I really need to like just leave for a second. I need to clear my mind. I need to process, but I'm coming back. And I need 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I need to take a drive. But what he was good at reminding me is that, Beth, sometimes when you go do that, you come back and you don't address it again because at that point, I feel more at peace inside. right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, everything's good now, let's move on. And so I recognized that I was not showing my commitment to him and my loyalty, which is so important to type six, because I wasn't coming back into the conversation to make sure everything was smooth, he still felt abandoned. And so just being able to clearly say, I need a break, I need to go process so that I can come back and address this with more clarity and insight that helped him to know, I'm for you. I'm committed. I know this feels uncomfortable because you want to resolve it right now, but I need to go do what I need to do. So those are just some insights of how to do it. Now, every type and every couple type is different. That's why we developed a course for all 45 couple types called Becoming Us online course. And this course will speak specifically to your couple types dynamics and get into the nuances. So it takes what we do in the book and it really takes it like a hundred times further in (laughs) for your couple types. And so if you're like, but what about us? You know, like our type, you've talked about a six and a nine. What about us? as a one and a three or whatever type you
0: are. That's the course that you're going to want to get because it really, really, really dives in deep. That's so great. Jeff, do you have any follow-up thoughts on this thing of recognizing the fear that each of us bring to the table in our relationship dynamics.
1: Right. Yeah. So in James 4, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among us? Don't they come from the desires which wage war in our hearts? So a lot of our conflict is driven by good desires that have gone awry, where those desires become demands and we then expect our spouse to come through and we try to motivate them through criticisms. Or Judgments, and then eventually it becomes to more harming behaviors where we punish where it could be sarcastic remarks, it could be we give them the silent treatment, and all the ways in which we're just trying to meet these core desires so in conflict, despite culturally what we typically experience, conflict becomes an opportunity for us to connect with one another and to connect with God in a new way in trying to help couples to Capture what this dance looks like in their relationship is that we have developed an illustration. We call it the dance, which we borrow from emotion focused therapy, where it's an infinity loop. And there's four steps to changing your dance or learning how to dance together. And so, whenever a situation happens, the first question to ask your spouse is, What were you thinking or feeling in that moment? And number two, What were you inclined to do? So it could be someone didn't do the dishes at night or whatever. It could be someone left some clothes out or made a comment in public and simply ask, hey, what was going on in your heart? And then what were you inclined to do in that moment? And then now it's time for the other spouse to speak, which is number three. Here's how I was thinking and feeling when that happened. And here's what I was inclined to do. So it externalizes the problem and doesn't put pressure or judgment on one another, but it does help to explain what was happening in the situation so that we can gain one another's perspective and have insight in future circumstances where we can say, okay, I know that this is going to bother Beth if I did this. And so I have a decision to make whether or not I'm going to do it. But I also have the opportunity to explain to Beth that I may have done something, but not necessarily been mindful of how it was going to impact her. And so we can actually connect with clarity.
0: Totally makes so much sense. And it seems like, you know, in Kathleen's question, she asks specifically, like, how do we communicate with the deeper fears of our spouses? And I think that that really, you know, everything that you guys have shared really shows the Enneagram can clear a path for communication. It's not going to bring us instant health. We're not going to have a perfectly happy, harmonious marriage every day of our lives, but with the pathway is cleared so that we can meet each other where we are and encourage each other along the way and hopefully in healthy ways. Absolutely. So, so great. Well, I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, Beth, you guys have so many things going on. Let's talk about Becoming Us, when the book drops, where we can go to pre-order, just everything that you want us to know about becoming us. And then I want to talk about some of the other things you have going on really quickly before we wrap up. So Beth, where do we find the book? Well,
2: obviously you can go to Amazon Books a Million, Burns and Nobles, all the big stores, and they are pre-selling it right now. And it will then be coming to you October 1st when it launches. That's the drop date. And so we're just so, so thrilled that people are part of this. We already have about a thousand people in our book launch community that have gotten some pre-order copies. And so they're leaving reviews. So you can even just look at the reviews on Amazon or other places and just see what they're saying. But you can also go to becoming slash book. And the reason why that one is so important is that we've got some free bonuses that if you purchase the book, you simply add a photo of your receipt to this little form you fill out. And then we'll for free send you a bunch of bonuses that are going to be immensely helpful for you. So that's becomingus.com slash book. Now that's also becomingus.com is where we'll have the marriage course up really soon. We also have a marriage assessment and this could be for any relationship obviously, but it's where let's say you would do the assessment as a type nine and you would put in your information as a type nine and then it'll ask you a bunch of questions about your communication, conflict style, family of origin and how that's operating between the two of you. And then you can either choose to enter your husband's or spouse's or partners or friends' email address and have them take the assessment to see how the two of you are functioning together. Oh, wow. And then they'll enter their type. And then you're going to get a huge amount of resources on how the two of you have conflict, communication, becoming your best selves as the two of you together, your types now, if you know that your spouse isn't interested, you don't have to fill out the email and you can simply get the information, but it's always fun to have that kind of inter-dialogue of, hey, how are we doing? And so that's on the just right there in the front, where you can take that assessment for free and get a lot of information. In fact, we had a couple that showed their results to their therapist and she looked at it and said, yeah, that's about the last year's therapy right there. <laughs> <laughs> So we were thrilled that, you know, it's just jam-packed with really great information. But also at BecomingUs.com, we've just got other resources. We've got live events that we're going to different cities, so you can always check on that or get notified when we're coming to your area. But those are some of the really neat things that we're doing inside of your Enneagramcoach.com where
0: we have a plethora of other resources. Yeah, you do. Can you tell us just a little bit about the Enneagram collection that you have coming out at the end of the year? I know. Yes, absolutely.
2: So not only is 2019 just an awesome year because Becoming Us is coming out, but yeah, December 10th, we have nine books coming out from HarperCollins, Thomas Nelson, Gift Book Division. So these are kind of like journals, but I'm walking each of the nine types through their type. In 21 days, I will take you through your type in a deeper way. And a place where you can journal, there's questions that you can really start to learn how to grow and transform within your own personality type. So these are going to be amazing gifts for Christmas. So if you know your friends, parents, kids, whatever, if you know their types, get them their book even now, you can pre-order it now, go to amazon.com and just all you got to do is put Beth McCord Enneagram and you're going to see all 10 of the books that are coming out. In the fall and then in December, and you can pre order them and they'll be shipped to you or the person that you want. And they're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. You know, that they get to learn about their type in an easy to understand format that's not overwhelming.
0: This is what I mean, you guys. I'm like mind boggled at how much you have going on this year. And again, as a nine, I'm just like, well, I'm in awe of you. I think, <laughs> I do think that. For nines, once we plug into something we feel really passionate about and we don't feel like we're just promoting ourselves, but that we're out there with a message and a mission, I think that really does energize us so much. And obviously, you have really tapped into that. You've got Jeff by your side who's not only digging it and into Enneagram, but also wants you to, you know, be able to shine forth with what you have been gifted with. So this makes so much sense for you guys. And I'm so thankful for you taking the time to come to Sport Awesome. Your Enneagram coach is the website and becomingus.com is the website for the book. And you also have a ton of materials available on Instagram. Yeah, we're
2: just about ready to hit 200,000 on Instagram. So we love our community. They're supportive and encouraging. They're learning. They're growing. So if you aren't
0: one of our followers, we hope that you'll join us there. Awesome. Again, you guys will have links in the show notes for all of this so that you can find Beth and Jeff and connect with their work because they've got some really good, awesome stuff going on. So Beth and Jeff, thank you again so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, it was great to be with you.
0: So great. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com.